master craft on the beat. first podcast with Everyday RN. Um, this podcast is basically just to kind of share opinions, thoughts, um, at least twice a week on um, healthcare management and just um, kind of being more self-aware with how we take care of ourselves, especially during this time period. So with this podcast, I really just wanted to um, talk about um, women who are currently pregnant during this time period and how challenging it probably could be 
um, and then also offer some tips and suggestions on how to kind of get through this season. So um, a little background on myself. I'm a nurse. I've been a nurse now for seven years. I'm specifically, I'm a critical care nurse. So I do ICU, I do emergency room and um, critical care. So I've been doing that for a while now. Um, and I'm also a mom. I'm a mom of two. I have a 21 month old and I have a four week old. So um, this really, this topic just kind of came into mind because obviously I just gave birth, you know, four weeks ago and um, going through the whole process of being pregnant during this time period was very nerve wracking. And so I just kind of wanted to, um, I guess, show some some love and some, um, um, you know, support for moms out there, moms to be, whether it's your first time or um, your fourth child or your second or third, just to kind of share my experience um, giving birth during this time and um, kind of help you feel a little bit more confident and more comfortable going through your process during this time period. You might hear some cooing in the background. It's my daughter. Um, she's kind of taking a nap, so this is the best time for me to record. So um, so she's four weeks old, so uh, I was pregnant from September of last year to uh, June 2nd is when she was born. So, um, of course, naturally with what's going on, you know, everyone was kind of freaking out. And naturally as a nurse, myself working in the ICU, working in the emergency room, um, dealing with changes and, and, um, and protocol shifting and CDC and um, protocols and policies being in place and what everyone thought we should do and what we shouldn't do. It was, needless to say, it was very nerve wracking to be a nurse very nerve-wracking to be a mom, and then very nerve-wracking to be a pregnant mom or a pregnant woman. Um, so what did I do to kind of ease myself or help myself kind of get through the situation? Um, I just made a conscience, conscious effort to be very, very clean. Um, I made a conscious effort in how I kept myself when I came to work and when I came out. I made a conscious effort to be honest to co-workers and managers and directors about my situation. This was no longer me trying to be a nurse who could do everything. This was, I'm a nurse who's a mom and, and another expectant mom, and, and I definitely don't need to put myself on every single front line um, out there. So um, it was challenging. I'm a Christian, so I prayed all the time, and I just kind of remained prayerful and faithful um, but I also made sure to keep very clean. I also made sure to wash my hands like 12 times a day. I made sure to use antibacterial soap, things like that to help out. And I made sure not to take care of um, infected patients specifically. Um, I made sure to still help out with the team, but I um, I did my best to just kind of um, take care of those that I knew I could take care of and not really um, put myself so far into the situation. Um, so just real quick tips, um, if you are not somebody who's in, familiar with healthcare uh, field or you don't have family members close to you who are healthcare providers or workers, um, this is also beneficial for you as well, just to know what it, you know, obviously this has been going on for months, so I'm not, I'm probably not saying anything that's new, but just from the perspective of a mom and for, for those women who are currently pregnant, it might just be something beneficial to hear. So. First and foremost, like I said, 
hand washing is such a big deal. I know they advertise sanitizing using hand sanitizers, which is amazing, especially when you're on the go driving around running errands. You obviously don't have the opportunity and the luxury to stop by somewhere and wash your hands with each thing. Like for example, you know, putting gas in your car, you don't have the energy, you don't, you don't have the ability to wash your hands in between each time. So hand sanitizers are extremely valuable at that point. However, um, hand washing is like the best. So if you're a nurse working in the hospital, just don't forget after you've given your report and you've you know signed off, wash your hands before you leave the unit. Um, that was a that was like a something that I didn't always do prior to this period, but it became like my regular thing to do. Then I made sure I washed my hands. I made sure like my, my my rings on my finger. I made sure I, I cleaned that with. Uh, the sandy wipes, I made sure to clean my phone, I made sure um, to clean my watch, anything that I ca- carried on my person really, uh, I made sure to clean that. Um, again, if you're a healthcare worker, a provider that's in the facility, I did a. I made sure to clean my workstation, my keyboards, the mouse, the phone that I picked up to use, whether it was my iMobile travel phone or the phone, the landline phone, I made sure to clean that, even the chair I sat on, made sure to clean that too. Um, Just being very conscious about the things that I could control. I made sure to be very clean about those things. Like I can't be clean about, I can't be super clean about my patients. I can't be super clean about, I can't clean my coworkers, but I can keep myself sanitized. I can keep bacteria off of me as much as possible. I can minimize the amount of exposure to myself as much as possible. with that being said, if you're pregnant, if you don't know this already, um, there are different level masks, obviously. There's like simple mask, there are um, N95 masks, which we know, and then there are level two masks for pregnant women, um, which are great because they're thicker than your regular level one masks. And unfortunately, I'm only aware of these masks in a hospital facility. I don't know who's making it outside of the facility. But um, just to be aware, if you are somebody who is working in the hospital and you didn't know and you are pregnant and you're concerned about exposure, um, please ask. Definitely, it doesn't hurt to ask your supervisor, leaders, management, central supply about level two masks. They're thicker. I know our ER tends to carry them a lot more, making sense because they're far more exposed um, with new admissions than like ICU or med surge or telefloors. So level two masks are a big, big deal. Um, I mentioned earlier antibacterial soaps. So Dial is a very good antibacterial soap. People tend to use a lot. Um, they come in bar form, of course. So like when you're in the shower, after you've been out all day, whether you went grocery shopping or you were coding a patient in the ER, um, antibacterial soap is super vital for you to use to cleanse your cleanse your body. You don't know what you, your skin could have been exposed to. You don't know what your children will touch. You don't know what your husband or your loved one or anyone around you might be exposed to. Using an antibacterial soap is super great. For me, I don't use Dial. I use like this, it's an antibacterial. It's kind of like a, more like a medicated soap um, that I got from, I'm from Nigeria. So I, I got it um, when I went to visit a while ago. And um, it's super, super cleansing. It's to the point where it's really drying, um, but it's extremely effective. You can find it at any like international store. There are different types. There are Tetmasol soap, there is Medisoft soap. 
Um, the one that I use in particular comes specific. It's, it's not sold here at all. Like I have to get it from Nigeria, but um, basically it's a it's, it's antibacterial slash medicated soap. Um, most people use it like if they've got eczema, um, skin breakout, rash, um, acne, but it's so powerful. It helps to get rid of a lot of strong bacteria. So for me, every time I worked in the hospital setting or anytime I felt like I was out and about doing a bunch of stuff and before I touched my kids, before I sat down or anything, I bathed head to toe with the soap and I feel like that really helped minimize any kind of exposure that I had. Um, of course, the same thing goes to like clothing. Like when you come home, you definitely don't want to like throw your clothes in the same container or hamper as you do the rest of your kid's clothes or your husband's clothes or your wife's clothes or whoever's. Um, just again, to minimize, you don't know, you know, we all know healthcare field wise and beyond that bacteria is not always what you see with your eyes. So that's because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. So why take the risk? Why take the chance? Um, for my husband and I, we live in an apartment complex. So for us, we would take off our clothes and go to the balcony and we have like a special area where we put it there. We would hand wash it um, so as to not put it with like our laundry and then we'd air dry it outside and keep our clothes outside um, just to not put it around our kids. We have two small kiddos and we don't know what they could be um, exposed to. Speaking of children, this is just like a side thing I just thought of now. Um, some people who are still considered, you know, who are essential workers and are still going to work or those or anyone really who's still working, period, and your kids are going to daycare, many people are concerned about, you don't know what other parents are being exposed to and what their children are being exposed to, and those children are coming into the same daycare space that your kids are, you're concerned about exposure, you're concerned about infection and things like that. Um, for me, what I've been doing is I just, I've been bathing my son. My son goes to daycare, my daughter doesn't. Um, but I've been, I bathe my son every night. I normally wouldn't have just because he's young. I'm concerned about his skin being super dry. I'd, I'd normally alternate. But with this time period, you don't know what they're exposing to. And kids are still at that point of touching and putting things in their mouth and blah, blah, blah. So scrub, he takes a shower, takes a bath every night. Still moisturizes really well before going to sleep and all that. But um, to minimize exposure, especially with the newborn at home, he definitely takes a bath slash shower every single night. Um, it's just about changing protocol and making it a new protocol for what you what you have to practice at home now for the sake and for the sanity of your family and for the new norm. So um, I when it came to okay, so I guess I'll also go into delivery for those who are curious about giving birth during this time period. What is it like? Um, what are some things to be aware of and what are, um, what are some myths? So yes, definitely you can have one person at bedside, at least at the hospital that I, I gave birth at and at four other hospitals in the Texas region that I checked with, you definitely can give birth with, uh, with one person at your bedside. It has to be the same person from beginning to end. So if it's your husband and you guys are cool, or if it's your mom or your sister or a really great friend from work, it has to be that person from admission to discharge. It cannot be, you can't say, hey, come Monday, and then if I'm still at the hospital, send Eric to come in on Tuesday. No, it has to be the same person, admission to discharge. Um, you, as the pregnant mom, soon to give birth, 
48 hours prior to delivering, which your OB will have already told you this um, as you get closer to your due date, 48 hours prior to your delivering, you will need to come in to the hospital facility for a COVID testing. Um, as far as I know, they're still doing those drive through Some facilities are having you come in, especially now that the band is off and people are allowed to come in and out of facilities and things like that. Um, so you may have to walk in. Uh, for myself, which was, this was four or five weeks ago, I had to, it was a drive through My son was in the back seat. I drove through. They did it. For those of you, side note, for those of you who have never had um, COVID testing or anything stuck up your nose smaller than a pencil, um, it was extremely uncomfortable. My husband had to vouch for that because he had to have the test for his work a few days ago. <laughs> and um, it, it, it was it was horrible. There's no pleasant experience. There's no, I'm just going to tough it out. It is what it is. Try not to push the person who's inserting the, you know, the pipette basically up your nose. Um, otherwise, I've been told you have to repeat the test, which is just horrible. Um yeah, so it's a little pipette. It's inser inserted into your nose. It's really thin, so it's not like you're going to have issues with it going in. It's just that it's so uncomfortable. You feel like they're poking at your brain or you think that you feel like they've popped a blood vessel. And by the time they pull out that little pipette, you're going to end up bleeding. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's uncomfortable. It takes like 15 seconds, maybe. Um, it's you know, And then, of course, they pull it out super slowly. That's what they're supposed to do. Don't think they're trying to torture you because I, I, I thought that. Um, and then that's pretty much it. The results go to your OB. Um, and then of course, if you're negative, they don't call you or anything like that. If you're positive, they will, they will let you know from what I was told. And, um, not only would they let you know, but you'd have to be quarantined for 14 days after your delivery. Um, what the process would be that, that, that would all be discussed with you at the hospital when you come in to deliver, but just know that your delivery would never be held up because of that, because I, I had a couple of friends who were concerned that if they were um, positive, that they would have to deal with being held back and not, you know, there's no way nobody's going to deny you delivering your child because of your results. So um, that's one thing to know of. And I mentioned before, you have to have one person at the bedside with you and has to be the same person. That person every 24 hours has to be checked downstairs. So they have to go through the little questionnaire like, are you having, are you coughing, sneezing, vomiting, you know, diarrhea? Are you lost a sense of smell and taste? Um, you have to go through the, those questionnaires and wear a new band and get their temperature checked and then come back up if everything is good. Um, yeah, because at one point, by the time I delivered the next day, I wanted my son to come in. But policy was like, no, you cannot have anyone, no matter their age, no matter the circumstance. It has to be the same person coming in and out of your room. Um Yes, they still make you wear a mask while you're in your own room, um, but the mask is to be worn when like the nurse, the doctor, respiratory therapist, pharmacist, pediatrician, neonatologist, anyone comes into your room, you wear the mask, they wear their mask, you guys communicate. Once they leave, then you're free to take your mask off because it's just you and your support system in the room with you. That's pretty much it. There weren't any other changes as far as delivery was concerned. I mean... This was my second delivery, so nothing really changed from what I knew happened, and I'd given birth like two years ago, so there wasn't that much of a difference. Um, just the fact that you don't get to have people around you, supporting you, helping you that you're familiar with was probably the suckiest part. And I know this would 
probably the worst thing for a new mom um, coming into the situation. Like, you know, you could feel a little beaten down, like, oh, this is my first baby and this is how it's going to happen. This is going to be a story to tell. It sucks, but just keeping focused that the nurses are there to help deliver and be there for you. I mean, people do feel really terrible. The staff feels terrible that you don't have the normal support system, that they can't do what they normally do to, you know, help you enjoy this moment. But they really do try to um, be very encouraging, very um, open, welcoming, helpful. Um, they try to be a form of support for you because at this point, you can only have one person in the room. Most people want to have their mom, their sister or two, their husband. Um, they want to take videos and pictures and all that great stuff. And um, and of course, you can take pictures and videos, but as far as like having a bunch of people, balloons, flowers, the teddy bears, the works, those things are pretty limited. So, um, so that was pretty much my experience when it came to delivering. Nothing crazy, nothing you know, super out of the norm, just knowing that I couldn't have many people by my bedside and I had to be tested prior to, and um, that was probably, ter- you know, the that was probably the only thing I had to adjust to after that. Everything was pretty, pretty good. At this point now, I know that things are way more hectic than they were four weeks ago. So there's a lot more exposure, which means you definitely have to be more protected. Like, I won't lie. I definitely didn't always wear my mask when people came into my room. But if I were to be giving advice at this point, at this point on, if you are going in to deliver, have baby, I would be as cautious as possible. I mean, you washing your hands as often as possible between carrying baby and things, you insisting on the staff members washing their hands and sanitizing. I don't care if they sanitize outside, sanitize inside. Um, There's nothing wrong with you asking your nurse to wash your hands again. And usually they don't get offended. It's just kind of a reminder because if it was them in your shoes, they would insist on the same thing. So don't, I would advise, do not feel afraid to ask your nurse, can you just help me wash your hands or at least sanitize it in my presence? Let me see, you know, cause everybody's paranoid um, at this point. Um, so at this point, I would definitely cautious people to be way more aggressive about being clean and being way more aggressive about being hygienic during this time period. Um, Cause four weeks ago, I would take my mask off and I wasn't super worried. Um, but if I were giving birth today, oh yeah, I definitely, definitely would. I know a lot of friends who are opting to have like midwives come to their home to deliver, that's great. But if you're a first time mom, that may not be the best option for you just because you're like, I don't know what to expect. I don't want anything crazy to happen and I need all the drugs available to me. So if, but if you are comfortable, this is not your first baby, then that might be an option for you. You may want to consider doing it at home, you know, in your own comfort and safety and knowing that you are not being exposed to a bunch of things. The only person new to your home would be that midwife coming in. Um, Of course, um, this is just definitely a hard time for everybody, regardless if whether or not you're a nurse, whether or not you're pregnant or um, not, uh, pregnant or not. This is a tough time for everyone and that's completely understandable. And I just thought this would be, it'd be ideal for me to just say something as a mom, as a nurse, um, use this opportunity to share, um, to share my thoughts, to share my opinion, to share what um, I've experienced and um, as a healthcare worker, 
what I suggest as far as what I've seen. So um, this is the first of many, hopefully many more podcasts. Um, they won't always address this issue that we're going through right now. And obviously for legal reasons, I can't mention the name of the issue, but you and I both know what I am referring to. Um, but the podcast won't only just focus on this. It'll focus on other things for sure. I feel like there are different topics coming up here and there, but I just feel like as a mom who just gave birth recently, um, during this time, I, I, I felt like, man, you know, there are a lot more women who are pregnant, obviously. And so it would just be nice to see or hear something or someone talk about their experience and their exposure. Overall, you you can do it. For any mom listening right now, mom-to-be, mom thinking about getting pregnant, should I get pregnant? Should I wait? You know, um, should you get pregnant? Should you wait? Don't wait. Why? I mean, in my, and this is just my opinion. I'm not a super expert on anything, but um, from my exposure and my experience in the past few years and during this time period, why wait? Wait for what? Wait for what? You know, is my is my response. Keep living your life. Keep living your life. Keep doing what you know makes you happy. Keep doing what keeps you and your family safe. Safe. Keep doing what um, keeps your faith alive. This is not the time to stop living. Um, definitely, in times of adversities and struggles, is when you know when you're made or know the kind of person that you are or the person that you want to aspire to become. So definitely keep living your life. Um, I know people have made jokes about, oh, this quarantine period is when many people have gotten pregnant because they're at home. Yeah, because you're still living your life. You can't stop. You know, regardless of what goes around you, you can't stop. We're human beings. We're literally designed to keep moving forward. So with that said, um, I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope to be posting at least twice a week, sharing thoughts on different things, um, I can't help that as an RN, I'm probably going to share a lot of healthcare, but it's not going to just be healthcare. It would be other things as well. But um, I definitely want to keep people inspired, motivated, and just, you know, happy, trying to be happy, happy in this crazy time that we're in right now. So um, again, with that said, thank you so much for listening. Again, this is Nina E with Everyday RN. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day.